Father, as we gather here together to worship you, we are reminded that you are so great and you're worthy of all our praise. And tonight, Father, as we open your word and, and uh, praise you and seek to learn the truth of your word, we're going to rely on the Holy Spirit to teach each one of us tonight that we might know the truth, that we might apply it to the way we live our lives, Father. And we'll go from here tonight rejoicing, knowing that we've been with the Lord. So we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, before I should have said before you sit down, why don't you just uh, <laughs> greet somebody? I just wanted to see you all sit down. ask you to stand up again. Right. Have you ever really sat down and contemplated or thought about what a friend is? Friends come in all different sizes and shapes and different personalities. And uh, as I was uh, preparing uh, this lesson for tonight, I started wondering, well, you know, what is the definition of a friend? So I went to uh, my, uh, you know, uh, what's that guy's name that did the, <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 you know, the dictionaries. <laughs> I'm just joking. I know this. Uh, and uh, these are some of the things that uh, were the definition of a friend. One who is not hostile. <laughs> well, I, I guess if you're not hostile to somebody, I guess you could be considered a friend. Uh, at least they're not your enemy. <laughs> Another one was an acquaintance. And you know, most of what we call friends are probably into that category. We know them, we say hello to them, uh, but we're not really close to them. We don't know a lot about them. We're just very friendly with them. Could be our neighbors. You know, just could be anybody we come in contact with at work. But the, uh, the one that I really uh, attached to <laughs> was uh, the one that says, one attached to another by respect or affection. And I like that because uh, as humans, I think that's what a true friend is. Uh, you, you know, and, and we're very fortunate if we really in our lifetime, you know, have maybe two, three, four really good, close friends. Uh, you know, and we can praise God when we have friends like that. Friends that will do anything for you. They'll have your back. Uh, they might even lay their life down for you in a, in a dire situation. That's the kind of friends I want. I think that's the kind of friends we all want. And I think that's the kind of friends we should be, you know, to each other. All believers, we should have that kind of, of friendship. But you know what? We have a friend. When we're born again, 
through the Spirit and accept Jesus Christ as Lord in our life, we have a friend for life. And that's a friend who already gave his life. And you know that's Jesus Christ our Lord. And, and that's what we're going to talk about a little bit tonight. Uh, if, you, if you want to open your Bibles to uh, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 15, uh, this is the chapter where uh, uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples uh, about the, the vine and the branches. And I, I'm not going to go into that now. I think we're all familiar with that. But he's telling them how he is the vine and we are the branches. And there's no life in the branches without being attached to the vine. And there's no fruit bearing in the branches if it's not attached to the, uh, to the vine. Or it might even be attached to the, brine, uh, to, the, to the vine. But if the branch is dead, it's not going to produce uh, fruit either. So with that in mind, as we continued on, I'm going to skip over now to verse 12. And I'm going to read uh, from 12 through 17. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Hang on to that verse because we're going to talk more about that. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give to you. This I command you, that you love one another. Now, that's quite a commandment, and, and it is a commandment. So just keep that in mind. I'm going to give you a couple examples of men in the Bible that were friends of God. You, you're all familiar with it. But, you know, just like Peter said in his letters, where he liked to remind the, the church of everything that they've already been taught, we all need reminders. And some of what we're going to dis, you know, discuss and read about tonight are reminders of things that we already have learned but it's things that we have to con continually digest and, and use it as for our glory to God that, we, that our life is lived in a manner that brings glory unto God so the first one I want to talk about is Abraham everybody knows he was a friend of God right and, he, and, and uh, in the book of Isaiah we're told that but you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, descended of Abram, my friend. God called him a friend. Now, how did uh, Abraham respond to the fact that he was a friend of God? He didn't go, you know, I want to bring in that one case when, you know, uh, when Jesus, the incarnate Jesus, came with this, uh, some of his... Uh, angels to uh, do away with Sodom and Gomorrah and how he came to uh, Abraham's camp and uh, and Abraham you know 
greeted him and called him Lord because he knew he was Lord. But he didn't, as he walked up, he didn't you know, walk up to him and slap him on the shoulder and say, hey, friend, it's good to see you. No, he showed all kinds of reverence. Uh, he fed them. And he didn't even sit down to eat with them at the, you know, at the table, wherever they were eating. He stood in reverence and watched them. And in reverence, he also pleaded with God not to destroy everybody at Sodom and Gomorrah. Because, as you know, he had family there, Lot and his family. And Abraham was praying and hoping that that family would be saved. And, you know, God honored his his plea as a a friend, I believe. But God also knew that there was one man there, even though he was caught up in the the debauchery of of the city there, that he he worshiped God. That's one example of what, you know, a man in the Bible, even though he was called friend, he never, ever, you know, treated, you know, his uh, uh, relationship with God with anything but complete reverence and awe. Another one, I don't know if you even know this, Moses was called a, a friend of God, another great man of the Bible. In Exodus 33:11, we, we read, Thus the Lord used to speak Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. Again, you think about Moses and all the things that he's been through, with, with the Israelites, taking them, you know, uh, even beginning before the, the Exodus, you know, uh, in Egypt, the way uh, uh, God uh, used him in mighty ways, and then through the, you know, wilderness for 40 years, and all the things, and uh, never once did he not show reverence in everything he did. He was obedient. He was faithful uh, to, to serving God and to listening to God. And, and doing what God commanded. Both these men, Abraham and Moses, were, were loyal to worshiping God and trusting him to guide them in everything they did. Tremendous examples of what it means to be a godly man and a friend of God. We're going to talk more about that uh, in a little while, but the question we might have you know, for ourselves in this day and age is how do we become a friend of God? Well, we all know this anyway, <laughs> but it's again, it's a reminder. Uh, if, we, uh, if we turn to uh, John three sixteen, probably one of the first verses uh, we've all learned, I just want to read it as a reminder of everything that God said uh, uh, to, the, uh, to the people he was talking to. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life. Now, I want you to hang on to this, whoever believes in him, because we're going to talk a little bit more about what it means to believe in God. For God did not send the son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the judgment that the light has come into 
the world, and men loved the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his day, deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. Now, the term believe in, I've talked to many people through the years and I hear a lot, you know, oh, well, you know, a lot of people think, you know, believe in God, they believe in Jesus. Well, that's true. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that say they believe in Jesus, that they believe in God, and they believe in, that he died for them. But you know what they want? They want his salvation. They don't want his lordship. And without being, you know, having Jesus as Lord in your life, you can't have salvation. That was very clear in this passage we just read here. He's, he has to be Lord. And unfortunately, there's too many people and there's too many churches that are just, you know, uh, skipping over a lot of the, the things of the Bible that stress the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's something that without, we might as well just go home and uh, just do what we want. But when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord, that means he is our Lord. And if we believe that he is God incarnate, the very you know, God of the uniform, that created the uniforms, and, and he came here and took our sins upon him and died in our place so that we didn't have to you know, experience that. If we believe that, how can we not do as he commands? And that's another thing that so many people short, file short on. They want him to be Lord, and they want him to be their saviors, but they forget about doing his commandments. God wants us to live a righteous, holy life. He told us you know, back in, in the Old Testament, be holy for I am holy. Peter re repeated that to the church. Be holy for I am holy. Now, we can't make ourselves holy, but God can. See? And God is going to make us holy someday. He's going to glorify us when he brings us home. But in the meantime, we're being sanctified. God is growing us, and he's helping us, and he, he, he gives us his Holy Spirit to indwell in us. And that Holy Spirit can be our guide, our teacher, and all we have to do is rely upon the Holy Spirit to teach us as we read and study his word, the truth of it, and to guide us in all our steps. He gives us that ability, but so many times, we try to do things on our own. God wants us to be holy. I want myself to be holy, and I know I'm not. But God's working on me, and I'm sure he's working on everybody in this room. And uh, it's just a wonderful thing to know, you know, the, the sovereignty of God, the power of God, uh, and how uh, Jesus wants to be our friend. And if Jesus is our friend, he wants the very best for each and every one of us. To me, I just, uh, I just love knowing that. It gives me comfort. So let's continue on now, and we'll come back to that again a little bit as we 
get further on. I want to go back to uh, uh, John 15 and just zero in now on verse 15. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called your friends for all things that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You know, he doesn't call us slave anymore. He doesn't call us slave anymore. We're still bond servants to, to Christ. We're not at a level with him. You know, he's still our God. He's still our Lord. But he doesn't call us slaves anymore because he's our friend. Uh, you know, and... Uh, when I was reading this, again, my uh, curiosity was piqued about what is the translation of that word in this uh, particular verse? And uh, I have to admit, I went to my Greek Hebrew book and uh, I started getting confused. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a theologian. I mean, a, oh, I hope I am a little bit. <laughs> I'm not a, a uh, you know, linguist or something like that. Uh, so I, I, went to, I went to a very close friend of mine. Now, this close friend I've never met. He, has, he doesn't know me from a hole in the ground. But I consider him my close friend because I've read so many of his writings. And uh, his name is uh, uh, Dr. Warren Wordsley. I have uh, several of his. And, and I've never been led wrong and going to his commentaries and, and, and reading and then going back to scripture. He always points me in the right direction. So I, I went to him and uh, I was uh, intrigued by the definition that he had in one of his writings about uh, friend. And he put it this way, a friend of the court of a king. And I thought that was fantastic. And I think that's very apropos for you know, this friendship that Jesus says we are his friend. He's still king. He's king of kings, lord of lords. And uh, you know, it, it's just like you know, going back to uh, King David. King David had a circle of very close friends. And he used them for uh, you know, giving them uh, advice, for counsel, but I'll guarantee you, none of those close friends that were close to him and, and in the court with him, you know, in, in the palace, you know, freedom to come into the palace, again, I'm sure they didn't walk in, you know, put their feet up on an ottoman and just say, hey, Davy boy, how's your day going? No, there was reverence because he was king. Uh, they gave him, they gave him uh, advice when he asked for it, and sometimes when he didn't ask for it when he had done something that he shouldn't have done. Some of the godly men that were friends of his brought it to uh, his attention. And he treasured that. And I'm sure that he considered them very close, intimate friends. And uh, that's, I think, the relationship that we have with Jesus. The only thing is, we better not give, try and give him advice. I know sometimes we do. Or we ignore, ignore the, you know, 
the, the leading of the Holy Spirit, if we want to do things our way, you know, we're, we all are subject to that. But God doesn't need our advice and doesn't want it. But he's full of good advice. And he wants us to know that because he wants to bless us. And that's the relationship I believe you know, they're talking about here is that kind of a friendship. He's our friend, yes. He calls us our friend, but he's still our king. And we have to treat that with all reverence. Well, uh, what, it, what does it take then on our part to fulfill this relationship? And uh, let's go up, you know, uh, one uh, verse here in uh, verse 14. And this is something I alluded to earlier. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Again, that doesn't sound like, uh, well, you know, if you get a chance to, or you know, maybe this is what you ought to do. Uh, I read that and I say, well, that's a strong commandment. <laughs> if you do what I command you to do. Being an ex-military man, I know what it means to be commanded to do something. You don't start arguing with them or questioning them. You do what your superior tells you to do. Jesus is telling us. He's commanding us to do what he commands us. If that isn't enough right there to make us think, wow, I better know these commandments. And not only know them, I better obey them. Now, uh, let's, uh, let's turn to, uh, um, let's see, Matthew. <laughs> Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. Th you know, this, you're all familiar with this too. This, you know, one of the Pharisees, a, a lawyer, came to Jesus and was questioning him. And, uh, uh, he, he says, teacher, which is the great commandment of the law? And you're all familiar with this. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. That's deep. I mean, two commandments and it covers all of the commandments? Yes, it does. You know why? If we truly love God with all we are, with our very essence, he's going to give us the ability to love our neighbor. Now, let's face it. There's a lot of people that are unlovely. I'm sure I was once. I hope I'm not now that Jesus is my Lord. But even today, I bet you we have people I like to, oh, I know I'm supposed to love them, but I can't. Maybe even family members. Oh, they just get on my nerves. I don't want to be around them. But you know what? When we have that love for God, that, you know, only can come from God is love. 
without God's love, there's no such thing as love. It's superficial. The love in the world is superficial. But God gives us the, the ability to love people that we don't even like. Now, I'm not saying that we have to go up to these people that are obnoxious and, and rude and mean and give them big hugs and say, oh, I love you, brother or sister. Uh, I don't know if we have to go that far. But once in a while, maybe we get a reaction that uh, would be kind of fun, kind of fun, you know, to see. Or, or maybe there'd be a reaction to say, whoa, what's with this guy that he can love me? You know, it's worth a try, don't you think? Uh, but, but anyway, yes, we can love the unloving. Uh, we have that ability because of Jesus' love for us and because of the Holy Spirit that indwells each and every one of us that truly have Jesus as Lord and Savior in our life. You know, what a wonderful position to be in. I mean, things may go wrong in our life. We may have problems, troubles. God is still in control. God's not going to let us down. What's the worst thing that can happen to me? Somebody kill me? Maybe my, maybe my family would be upset. But I'll tell you, I'll be in glory. You know? We, let's, face, let's face what's left of us in this world with the joy that can only come from, from Jesus. No matter what's going on around us, whatever's going on in our lives, in our houses. Praise God for what he's done for us. Pray for the individuals that are causing problems. Pray for those of us that are causing the problems. You know? Prayer. Prayer accomplishes things because God answers prayer. He tells us here, right in this uh, passage, that, you know, whatever we ask in, in his name. Now, I'm not saying, you know, I, I want a new Cadillac. In Jesus' name, please give it to me. <laughs> I'm not saying that. But when it's in God's will, in the prayer we're praying, God's going to answer that. I know that from past experience. I'm sure many of you know the same thing. God is an awesome God and worthy to be praised all the time. You know, this is, uh, I don't know, <laughs> I get goosebumps just thinking about God's love. So what's the next step? How do we know that we're a friend of God besides, you know, being told? Well, there's going to be proof of that. Maybe we don't need the proof. Maybe we know in our heart, and we should, that we're a child of God. But what about other people that look at us? How will they know that we're a child of God? You know, <laughs> glad you asked. If we go to Matthew uh, chapter 7, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, you know, near the, near the, oh, about three quarters through, uh, Jesus said to them that you will be known by their fruit. 
Jesus was telling the people he was preaching to that when you accept Jesus as Lord and he has commanded us to bear fruit, that we'll be known by our fruit. If we're not producing fruit, we have to question whether or not we're a true child of God. You know, we can fool ourselves. We can say all the right things. We can even pray. We can go to church. We can read our Bible. What's our life like? What kind of a life are we leading? Are we hanging around with the right people, the wrong people? Are we going to the wrong places or the right places? You know, we can go to certain places that maybe on the surface doesn't seem like it's a bad place to go. But if there's temptation of any sort in that place, stay away. If you get there, run, get away. Avoid temptation of any, any nature because we're all susceptible to falling into temptation. The only one that wasn't was Jesus. He was tempted. <laughs> he stood upon on God, his Father. You know, we have to do the same. Avoid the, you know, I'm not saying you can't associate with people that aren't Christians. How would we ever, you know, be a witness if we didn't? But be careful. Don't get dragged into a lifestyle by people that we're associating with that's going to bring us down. It's just a life, uh, you know, uh, situation that we have to learn things like that. We're all susceptible to falling into bad, you know, situations by hanging around with the wrong people. So, and then the the, the last thing that uh, I want to talk about uh, tonight is again in uh, John chapter fifteen, three verses, twelve. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. 14, we just read, you are my friends if you do what I command you. And then the last one, 17, this I command you, that you love one another. Now, he says that twice in a span of just a few verses. Must be very important to him. Must be very, very important that we love one another. So I can't stress that enough. Uh, I've been taught that uh, renewable tonight about how important it is to you know, not just love them, but to show that love. Uh, we are blessed to be in a church that I have to say, in, in, in the, all the different churches that I've been involved in, this is probably the most loving church on a whole that I've ever been associated with. I feel so blessed to be here with the pastoral staff, the, the people that are in attendance, uh, in attendance here. They exude love. They exude the love for Jesus, first and foremost, but they exude love for each other. I've seen more hugs in the five years I've been here than I've ever seen in my life. And I love it. They got me doing it. <laughs> I want to hug everybody that comes through the door. And, and, you know, and I just praise God for that, for bringing us here. But I, I just want to I, I say this. 
that uh, uh, we must obey his commandments. And then God would give us the love that can only come from him. Uh, it, it's, it's something that we're going to be tremendously blessed for when we can actually love other believers, even if they irritate us. You know, I'm sure that there's some cranky people come in and out of the doors here. Uh, love on them. You know, maybe they're going through something tough, you know. Maybe a, maybe a hug is what they need to, you know, lift their spirits, to get them back on track, knowing that God is with them. You know, there's so many things that we should do as, as Christian brothers and sisters with our own. We should not hold anything against a brother or sister. If there's a problem, go to them. Pray with them. If they don't respond to it, they have to deal with God. But we've done our deed by going to that person. We need to do that. You know, and, and, and again, we're told, you know, Jesus told us you know, in John 13, uh, you know, 34, 35, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Jesus is telling us, we got to do it. And you know what? It may sound like a hard thing to do, but when you rely on the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you through every day of your life, it becomes second nature. Uh, I've, <laughs> I've been blessed. I've been in stores, you know, and you start talking. I'm a, I'm a talker. I, I love talking with people. And wherever I am, I'll <laughs> start a conversation. And so many times I find out that they're believers. And, man, we stand there and, and we just <laughs> fellowship together and we rejoice and praise God. And... Uh, and I walk out of there, you know, like I, I was two feet off the ground, you know, just walking on air. It's, what a wonderful feeling it is. And I've, been, I've experienced that. And I haven't always experienced that, but I have. And I'm so blessed by it. And I want, I want you all to be blessed like that. And you can be. So we're going to ask uh, James and Michelle to come back up here and and play one more uh, hymn for us. It happens to be one of my favorites, and I hope it's one of yours. And then uh, we'll just uh, have some prayer afterwards. And if there's anyone here tonight that would like to pray, uh, they can come down to the, to the front here. Or if they want to pray with somebody, I'm sure there'll be people here. They'll be anxious and willing to pray with, with you. So don't be bashful. If you want to pray with somebody afterwards, come on down.
Father, once again, we just uh, lift up the name of Jesus and praise you. Father, we're so thankful that, you know, we have our Savior as a friend. Father, we are so blessed with all your blessings uh, that we receive every day. And we want to continue to worship you and to praise you. And Father, we just pray now as we leave this building that we'll step out into the mission field and that you'll enable each one of us to be an ambassador for Jesus, that our lifestyle might show that we are one of yours and help us, Father, to be that witness to the unsaved. We rely on you for that. So we thank you as we leave here that you'll give us a safe trip home, keep us safe through the night. And it's in Jesus' precious name we pray, amen.